0: Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me
1: the news. I got a bad case loving you. Doctor, doctor,
0: doctor, 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 and doctor.
1: It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar.
0: I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. <laughs>
1: The doctor is in. It's always wonderful to have the doctor in, even when he's out. But he's in with us, Doctor Rashid Batar, Advanced Medicine. Uh, welcome, my friend.
0: Thank you, Robert. Welcome what? to you as well.
1: Thank you. What the hell do they teach medical doctors in medical school? This story. And I wanted to be social with you, but as I'm reading this headline again in this picture of this infant, infant assaulted with eight vaccine doses at six months old, collapses into state of brain damage. Doctors blame the parents. And I'm like, you know, when I when I try to be nice to doctors and you're like, Robert, you're being too nice to doctors, I go, okay, in this story, you're right. I can't be nice to them. What are they teaching them?
0: Well, it's actually interesting because it does come back to what physicians are taught, and they're taught that they must have consent to treat, and if you don't have consent to treat, if you don't have the parent's signatures or the patient's signatures, then Theoretically, you could be brought up on charges of assault. And you've heard me say many times over the last six years that if somebody was to try to inoculate one of my children or myself or, or you know, my wife or any of my loved ones, I would see that as an assault. And that's the reason I use that language. Some people may mm-hmm. think it's harsh yes. or it's too strong-worded, but it is not because that is the actual language that's used, that if you are treating a patient without consent, Mm -hmm. You are assaulting that patient. You could be brought up on assault charges. Well, now when you're talking about this particular story and you say the doctors blame the parents, you see, it's called displacement because the doctor doesn't want to feel. They clearly know that if you give a child eight vaccines and the child was normal, talking, walking, whatever, and all of a sudden collapses into a state of, as it says, brain damage, immediately what other natural response is there? than to immediately turn around to the closest entity present, i.e. the parents, and blame them. Because otherwise, they're having to accept that, wait a second, I just stuck a needle in your child, gave him something foreign, and now they just had brain damage immediately. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to create that displacement. And that's actually what's happening. That's a visceral response. It doesn't really have anything to do with teaching anything in medical school. If they had taught them the, the dangers of giving adjuvants and mm-hmm. immunosuppressants and you know, various DNAs from other... T- sources like dogs but dr
1: batar the thing that they they are learned or taught (laughs) or programmed (laughs) or yeah i know i'm playing it right but or programmed i was looking for that word to believe is that there are no adverse events or if they are they aren't really there in other words to, to not see them Right that you're trained not well, to see them because you're said if, if if your mantra is vaccines are safe and effective vaccines are safe and effective vaccines are safe and suddenly you know a parent shows a child that was healthy and now they're not healthy, their immediate thought is not the vaccine because they're taught no no, no it can't be the vaccine
0: now you you're you're again being too kind to doctors um, <laughs> I would like to think that it was possible to brainwash somebody, but you could be blind deaf and have only you know be one neuron short of a synapse mm-hmm. Don, do you like that one? I think Don would Don, like that Super one. Super Don likes Basically that one. Meaning, <laughs> yes. Yes. Basically meaning you don't even have a brain, and you would still know that if you just did something like eight vaccines in a child and there was an immediate response, you can't blame it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't say that, oh, I, I haven't been trained to see vaccine dangers, therefore I don't see the vaccine danger, and I'll just blame it automatically on the parents. No, that is a visceral survival uh, flight-fight response type of uh situation because they're they're immediately they recognize they've done something wrong and so what are they going to do they can't blame it on another staff member they can't blame on the vaccine because then they're directly or indirectly responsible they can't blame it on the weather they can't blame it on humidity they can't blame it on the hospital so what is left there to blame it on you know you could blame it on world hunger or the politicians but that's not going to work so who is the only legitimate body that could take the brunt Of an accusation that something has happened—that is, a parent—that's right there. Because there's nobody else. Because every every other entity that's present is to do with the hospital slash vaccine slash the doctor slash the medical system. Yeah. They can't blame it on any one of those without self uh, implying or self. self, What's the word? Self. uh, Self
1: incriminating. Uh, Self incriminating. Prior to the six month vaccination mark, according to this story, Serenity, a little girl, was a healthy baby, normal physical and cognitive development. We hear this so many times. After receiving the eight vaccine doses, she became fussy, lethargic, according to her mother, uh, July Garza. A month later, the child's health took a sharp turn for the worst, and she became unresponsive mentally, physically. She couldn't hold her head upright, move her arms. She appeared to display a symptom of a stroke. She was rushed to the ER at Memorial Hermann Greater Heights Hospital in Houston, where she received a CT and an MRI. The doctors said they didn't know what was going on, and, uh, I mean, again, the, these are the cases where wouldn't the doctors immediately say, what's going on in the last day, what's going on in the last week, what's going on in the last, last month? I mean, that seems to be the course of action. But if it was a month prior...
0: No. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that would be what a, uh, a doctor that really wants to help their patients rather than one that's just interested in following, you know, current dogma and... It, they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, what they were trained to do, which is immediately blame on anything else besides the system because you can't, if you're part of the system, then you're going to in, self-incriminate the system. You're almost like, it's almost like professional suicide if you were to blame it on the vaccine because now you're actually admitting um, that there's a problem. And those doctors that are willing to take that, those most of those doctors left that arena a long time ago and are doing things more like you or I are doing, Robert, they just don't want to be a part of it. So I don't think it's that what they're being taught in medical school, uh, what they're being taught in medical school is that at all costs, you protect your dogma. And so if that's what you meant, then you're right. As far as the actual practice of medicine, this has nothing to do with practice of medicine. This is a, most of them don't expect a child to react this way. And most of them, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we've talked about this before, genuinely do want to help patients. Um, as long as they can help them within the dogma, following the status quo. As soon as it you know falls outside of that status quo realm, then it's you know it's just like a survival instinct. They have no other uh, choice but to deflect it to the closest body that can take the abuse, which yeah. is you know without self-incrimination, which is the parents.
1: This is a brutal story. It is, Doctor Bittar, because you, you look at this, and this doctor was, you know, outright lying to the patient, saying, "Well, we'll slow down the vaccines. We'll only give two or three at a time," and then went ahead and gave a five-in-one combo at that six-month mark. And the, the parents said, "We didn't know that, that happened," and they were is it you five know, or eight. Uh,
0: no.
1: Well, I think there was a six-in-one dose plus two or three others. So, yeah. Oh,
0: I got you. I got Yeah. You. Hey, listen, uh, so, before, before we before before you go, on Robert, I just want to mention one thing. You said you said we hear this story so many times. You mentioned that. Yeah, There's a thing in medicine, we said there's no such thing as always or never in medicine. Mm-hmm. This is the one exception to that because it is always the same story. Yeah. I wouldn't say yeah. so many times. I would say, at least in my world, with the patients right. that come to me, it's the same story. You can take the story that I heard 15 years ago, 18 years ago, 20 years ago with a child that came to us with autism and take a child today, and it's the same story. You just change the age, change the name of the parents, change the name of the patient, you may change the ethnicity of the patient, the sex of the patient, but the history of it, and, you know it, maybe insane. instead of six months, it was at nine months, at ten months, whatever, but you know, change those variables, the rest of the story is exactly the same. Normal well, development, got the shot, then
1: yeah. deteriorated. Here's what's going on, like with the Vax the movie we've been talking about last few weeks. Polly Tommy is one of the featured moms there in the film. She's been on the Q&A panels in a lot of these uh, screenings. And, you know, she's one of those... Stories, as I said, time and time again that I keep hearing and that you've heard every time. And now the rumor, according to Brian Hooker, is that he's hearing that William Thompson may have been bought off within the CDC to republish an article in a journal that would counteract his claims that there's a, a link between MMR and autism. Was he given a million dollars? Was he promised a research facility or a, a wing of a hospital? Was he threatened? Was were his pay- I don't know. But now the nuclear option, because they couldn't attack... The parents anymore. They couldn't attack even Robert De Niro as a parent. They had to go. What can we get Brian Hooker to do? No, we can't get Brian Hooker to do. How about Thompson? He's the guy. He's the focal point. We get him to deny everything.
0: Yeah, that's something that I read today, and um it's anticipated that the new change will come out by next month. That's what Brian said. He yeah. anticipates. There's going to be some kind of change in his position now.
1: But I don't think anybody that is already here is gonna believe it. I mean the 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 amount of people the percentage of people that say they trust the government, particularly Congress and the media, is around six percent.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if the C D C comes be... out
1: and reverses course, I just don't think people are gonna buy it.
0: No, of course they're not gonna buy it, but you know, I I think that if you looked at the statistics fifteen, twenty years ago, maybe maybe a third of the population, maybe maybe as much as half the population may not have trusted the government but now only 6% trust the government that that speaks volumes
1: yeah specifically congress we'll see i don't know about one for the cdc or the fda etc because sometimes they've given a pass to these uh, medical institutions like some people give a pass to the military you know it's all government it's all rife with incompetence and fraud uh, there's not one that's beyond that and unfortunately, for a lot of years, they kind of looked at the medical community as godlike. And because of that, we're suffering under those who have adopted the godlike perspective. And it's not godlike yeah, in reality, if you know what I mean.
0: Well, exactly. That's one reason that the uh, persona that doctors have that they, you know, patients have in the past, at least in the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever the doctor said, it was like God had spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been one of the problems that doctors have been put that pedestal. And they really only had one place to go, and that was to fall off it. Because there's nobody that should be putting that kind of pedestal. I mean, maybe your spouse or maybe you know your parents, but not physicians, especially not more those that are that are uh, following um, a glorified cookbook and then creating so much harm. Because the evidence is is right there. The evidence has been so uh, overwhelming, and the fact that they're denying it. You know, it's interesting because Boyd Haley was once interviewed, and they asked him, why, why is the government denying this? And, you know, what's, what's their motivation? And he said, well, because I don't think it's that they're denying it, trying to cover anything up, because I think they're just embarrassed to admit the truth, because they've, they've fallen so far off the wagon, because at this point, if they admitted it, what would happen? And that's what we've talked about yeah. before, Robert, that this would be the, the, the grounds of the second civil war.
1: Yeah, they're fighting desperately to prevent that from happening. That's why it's not that they'll suddenly go, okay, you're right, we're wrong, our bad. Of course, they know what's going to happen, pitchforks and and hanging trees with nooses. I mean, you know, the parents that lost their children to this, when it, when they find out these government uh, agencies, these doctors and researchers knew, again, when you talk about you come at me with that needle, doc, I got a three i I'll make a bigger hole. And you'll be justified in defense of your children when you understand what we're talking about here. I'm not advocating violence, by the way. I'm just saying.
0: Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's- Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to
1: save the day.
0: Making sense out of medical propaganda.
1: Here's Robert. Thanks to Carrie out there listening live and commenting. She's enjoying the conversation with RSB and Dr. B. We're talking about the uh, unfortunate uh, uh, things that have occurred ever since uh, one uh, status, I guess, was was rendered unequal or above others. And, you know, that's always the, the human nature is like to exalt some group, and that group ends up abusing their exalted status. And it's very rare to find somebody that has true benevolence in the sense that they're not going to abuse the power. And you know the doctors being elevated through licenses, and of course we've talked about this too, Doctor Bittar, that it's really done them no favors in the long run either, because they've been abused by the system that they've been exalted into as well. They're, I mean they're attacked well, if they want to actually innovate.
0: Well, I was just going to say that that those that are that want to change the system or that want to actually um, bring light to the truth, um, they're ostracized and they're as they're, they're treated as traitors, and that's exactly what's happened with. You
1: know a number of us so well exactly the attacks that have happened now uh in addition to the lack of informed consent and in much of of the vaccine uh controversy uh if i could even call it that the government knows and they've and the people in the government have known the researchers in the government know how do we know they know well look you can look at the vaccine injury table that's in the it's, it's a it's a government held table of vaccine injury have you ever seen this thing dr Bittar?
0: I have not, but it's interesting that if you can't have a table of vaccine injury unless you admit that there is an injury induced by vaccines, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is according to an introductory portion which precedes the table, quote, if you receive, this is one example, if you receive the tetanus vaccines and had a severe allergic reaction, anaphylaxis, within four hours after receiving the vaccine, then it is presumed that the tetanus vaccine caused the injury, if no other cause is found. I mean, again, that's just one example right there within it that they know that these things are unavoidably unsafe, as the Supreme Court has acknowledged.
0: Right, but, you know, in the tetanus toxoid-specific uh, drug insert, which was, which I sent to you sometime three weeks ago, and it was sent to me by a patient in Australia, and I'll see if I can find it while I'm talking to you, but it specifically states, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, it specifically states that autism is a known Side effect of tetanus toxoid diphtheria vaccination.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, remember it's not just the tetanus; it's the DTAP or the DTP, depending. And uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy associated with that. Giving that during pregnancy, as it related to birth defects in South America, Brazil specifically, and that would be microcephaly, the thing that the uh, the NIH and CDC combination say, "Oh no, no, no! Now we know the cause is definitely is definitely that virus." Uh, It's the Zika virus, because we couldn't reasonably consider any other option that we could find, despite the fact that other doctors and researchers down there are going, hey, have you looked at the vaccine issue? Have you looked at the larva side being sprayed in the water there? Have you looked at other pesticides? Have you looked at the GMO mosquitoes that were released down here?" But the CDC evidently can't see that.
0: Yeah, so are they not seeing it, or are they on purpose covering up their their eyes and they don't want to see it and i think yeah. that's really what it comes down to they don't they don't they don't want to see it because they don't want to admit it so they they just refuse to even acknowledge that it exists
1: i went to a, a cdc spokesperson and this is what i got back <clears throat> so uh, evidently there are wearing horse blinders
0: was that a horse okay i wasn't sure what the hell that was
1: <laughs> come on man <laughs> i was just off the cuff man that's all the love i get John,
0: could you tell what that was uh, I, I, I thought you'd strained something there.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Yoda or anything. It was just a horse.
0: I thought. I thought you were having a problem with the gastrointestinal system. I was
1: yeah, yeah, no. sounded
0: like Yeah, had a blowout there. We we
1: we, we talked about the silver aloe protocol last hour. No GI issues today. So thank you, thank you very much. But anyway, again, but here, I, I, Dave, Go ahead.
0: I was going to say I just found that um, that uh, drug insert, and I can you know I'll send this to you so you can post it in the show notes if you want. But this sure. is. Actually, from uh, diphtheria and tetanus toxoid and acellular pertussis vaccine. Uh, the brand name, I believe, is Tripedia. This is something that's in Australia. Adverse events reported during post approval, u- and specifically says during post approval, use of Tripedia vaccine, including idiopathic thrombocytopenia purpura, SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome, anaphylactic reaction, cellulitis, autism. Convulsions, grand mal wow. convulsions, encephalopathy, hypotonia, neuropathy, somnolence, and apnea. Events were included in this list because of the seriousness of frequency of reporting.
1: Plausible deniability is no longer an option for them, so they have to you know, increasingly uh, resort to other forceful techniques of suppression, oppression, omission, commission, and other criminal activities and behaviors, the Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion, I call them. we got lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar, MedicalRewind.com for all the archives. The
0: Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Information is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show
1: remember if you want an archive real quick uh of course our syndicator right here gcn is the quickest way then we have the medical rewind edition when we're with dr Rashid batar advanced medicine that's MedicalRewind.com. We you got itunes stitcher tune in podcasts as well through epic times uk health radio and now the new soundcloud as well so lots of places robertscabell.com. Before we get to the dairy story, Dr. Bittar, if you're listening live, folks, tomorrow is evidently the 30-year anniversary of a, a really horrific event on planet Earth, Chernobyl, the Chernobyl event. And there's new information now coming out 30 years later about the increased incidence of cancer and deaths, even, again, three decades later. It's not a surprise to you, Dr. Bittar, that this would be the case. Of course, modern medicine still uses ionizing radiation as treatment, despite the fact that it causes cancer. Haven't they figured that out yet?
0: No, I don't think they have. Um, Einstein said the definition of insanity is... Um, do, well, actually, I think his, his definition of insanity was... There's a couple of different definitions that have been attributed to him, but one of them was to keep doing the same things and expect different results. And I think this is one of those examples... But more importantly, that you can't take the same thought process that created a problem and expect that thought process to lead to the solution. And if you look at the Chernobyl event, or even more recently, um, uh, March eleventh, two 2011, the Fukushima event, which was only five years ago, um, we're going to be coming up. Either we just passed the five-year anniversary or we're
1: going to
0: our... I don't know whether it's March 11th or May 11th. I can't remember now, but I know that it was supposed to make landfall 4.2 years after the actual event into the United States. When I say landfall, obviously, part of the plume and part of the um, uh, fallout from
1: this was carried carried United by States. the ocean currents. And in fact, there's more and more stories of, of of debris lining the beaches on the west coast of the of North America. Uh, debris being right, then, not not from Japan. I mean, we're talking dead animals
0: right but but the whole thing is that within the first day or two there was stuff as far over as the east Coast in the United States um, in the atmosphere people could measure it. they were climbing up on top of some mountains in the Appalachian range and they were able to measure uh, radiation that was normally at 10 to 12 whatever the units are on the Geiger counters up to 12,000 but as mm-hmm. far as when I say landfall I'm talking about where it's actually getting into the into the uh, foods into the water supply into the the whole cycle of our food food and water supply system, that was supposed to be, it was estimated to be 4.2 years, and that took place last spring sometime. Right. So it's now starting to spread further eastward, and we're going to see a much higher incidence of cancer in North America over the next 10 years. In fact, we covered a story by a scientist that said that the incidence of autism was going to be Uh, one out of two children by 2025.
1: Yeah, Stephanie uh, Sennett from from MIT.
0: Correct, from MIT, and then there was shortly thereafter somebody else that came out from a higher institution of learning and made a very similar prediction about cancer. If you look at the incidence of cancer, according to the National Cancer Institute and the American Cancer Society in 2000 and 2001, the incidence of cancer was one out of every two men and one out of every three women would have cancer sometime in their life, and this is 16-year-old data. This is almost a decade before Fukushima even occurred. After Fukushima, it's going to be far, far worse.
1: So what do you get to? One in 1.1, right, man? Right? It's almost a one-to-one ratio yeah. that cancer is definitive. Now, we talk strategies all of the time here. And it's not just about autism because we've covered it a lot of times over the years, but it's, it hasn't gotten better because they haven't gotten the memo. But it's, we're working on it. The issue of cancer you know, they, and other they chronic... Got, dec- they got the memo. It's yeah. Not the
0: memo. They just won't open it up and read
1: it. Right, or or act they, on or it they if they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, in the cancer realm and other chronic neurological and other degradation diseases, which you know you cover extensively in the international best-selling book, "The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away." I mean, we it, it's, it was one thing to eat healthy. Years past. Just eat healthy. Live healthy. Exercise. It's like you have to do that, and then a lot more just to counteract the things that you were never exposed to in the environment. And we can go into pre-industrial revolution to industrial revolution and talk about mercury in the air already creating diseases that weren't prevalent before, including increases in cancer. But we start continuing through the 20th century and see where it happened. Then you ramp up the nuclear age, we see it increase. We ramp up the vaccine age, see it increase. And it's a wonder if we'll get out of this place without chronic disease. I mean, I had chronic diseases from almost zero year zero I was a canary in the coal mine, and more people than ever are going to be experiencing this at every age.
0: Well, a canary in a coal mine that you were, you know, there are certain people that fall into that category, and that's a genetic predisposition. That's a a vulnerability issue. That's a genetic pathway disposition issue. But now you're talking about an environmental trigger that is going to be uh, affecting the population, irrespective of whether they are... Canary in the coal mine or not? Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, a non-excreter, the canary in a coal mine. What well, doesn't matter now whether you're a non-excreter or not, whether you're a canary in a coal mine or not. It's going to affect everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that is the reason why we talk about the strategies. We talk about the need to do extra things. It's not just enough to eat well. Uh, you got to eat beyond well. You got to you've got to supplement in these things. And you know, this leads to the next story, which I wanted to cover with you, which is about uh, dairy. And a bizarre story, I think we've, we've covered something like this before, but the U.S. dairy industry is evidently petitioning the government to secretly add chemical sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose to its products without labeling them. Now, part of this is, to, in my mind, if what I remember about dairy that I grew up on, it tasted awful. Milk was horrible. I didn't have real milk until one year when I, I think I was a teenager. I went to a kibbutz in Israel. And they were milking cows straight from the cow right into the refrigerator vat and into into a cup that I drank. And I said, wait a second, this is weird. This actually tastes good. I've never tasted milk like this. It tasted like ice cream that, that had melted. It was so good. And they didn't have to add any sweetness to it. But if you've got CAFO or factory-farmed animals loaded with antibiotics to keep them alive, I don't think the milk tastes anything like milk is supposed to taste if you get factory farm milk.
0: Well, the first thing is that what's done to milk today is – absolutely insane Um, the studies have shown that if you drink whole milk with the higher fat content it's a lot healthier than drinking two percent or even skim they add all sorts of different coloring derivatives to make the milk look white in the skim milk and the uh, two percent milk and then of course the the antibiotics that are fed to the cattle like you said the hormones are given to them to produce more milk for them to uh, grow faster then, of course, the insecticides and pesticides that are used in the grain products, they're fed. And then, if that's not enough, then what's done to the milk? You pasteurize it, you homogenize it, you irradiate it, you know, you, you do all sorts of other funky things to the milk. You kill everything um, that's naturally occurring in the milk, all the enzymes, all the natural bacteria, you bastardize any raw milk, and now you pass it off as food. and. We know what that does. So the reason the milk never tastes good is because it's not really milk. It's 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 only milk in name. There's nothing natural left about it after industry, the milk industry, has changed it. And now they want to try to sweeten it. Robert, I'll tell you, the first time I drank real milk, mm-hmm. I remember because I was a child in in the U.K. And I remember drinking it when I was, you know, five, six years old. And I didn't, don't remember drinking milk like that again until I got my own cows. Actually, it was before I got the cows that I'd actually had some whole milk. And I realized how different it tastes. And it's just amazing. And you're absolutely right. You drink raw milk, you know, from our own cows because we can't, I mean, we had to, we had to discard a lot of the milk because we couldn't even sell it. Uh, But it's unbelievable. There's nothing comparing real, whole raw milk to, anything out there on the
1: market well and again that was my experience and i i wasn't until i was a teenager that i actually had real milk because i grew up on the the factory farm milk the skim milk the pasteurized and homogenized milk which is actually dangerous it's not a it's not a real food anymore uh so if you utilize milk or milk products you've got to find a source or become the source like you've done dr Batar, and it changes everything but we also recognize that part of the the measurements on radiation we mentioned after uh fukushima you know, dairy products went up in North America too. Is in terms of of radiation exposure.
0: Yep, that's very, very true. That is very true. And you know, when you start looking at many of these different statistics that are go- taking place, Robert, um, th- that we're that we've uh, reviewed here, I wonder how many of these are actually even the, the numbers are even worse than what we're that what we're realizing because maybe the people that uh, reviewed the stuff, you know. We know that sometimes people don't include all the data that's present, but sure, in the it's probably a lot worse than we even realize it. But I can tell you that you know when you start looking at things like sucralose and aspartame that they want to add to the milk as if it's not already bad. That sucralose, so just so we can clarify, sucralose is a chlorinated molecule that has a sugar molecule attached to it. So your and chlorine is highly carcinogenic. So this is basically a chlorine molecule that. Carcinogenic that uh, has a sugar molecule to sweeten it, and then of course aspartame. We all know what aspartame is. It's a neurotoxin and it's highly carcinogenic as well. And now they want to add that into milk that is already, as you very uh, accurately said, is already poisonous. So is already you know, I don't know what you said poisonous or, but if you didn't, I'm speaking for you.
1: Yes, so so you a add-on add pylon because it's all it's all very valid and important to reference.
0: And so you're taking something that is already primarily... Most adults don't drink milk, okay? Most. I mean, I do, but most don't. Mostly children are consuming milk. So now you've got this pediatric population that we've already assaulted with vaccines. We're already giving them foods that are devoid of any nutritional components. We're already laden it with sugars and, and all sorts of other preservatives. And now we're taking the milk, which is a staple for most kids, as if it's not bad enough, and adding... A highly carcinogenic components to it uh, in the um, with a thought process we're going to sweeten the milk whereas if you just use regular milk you wouldn't have to worry about sweetening it because milk doesn't need to be sweetened I mean that's lactose is a, is a type of sugar and you know whatever they're doing to the milk it's it's just annihilating mm-hmm. the, the natural productive natural therapeutic natural benefits of the milk and now it's almost like flour you know they they take everything out
1: and then they say they enrich it. <laughs> yes. Why not just yeah. leave the original leave stuff it. in it? Leave the stuff in it. All right. We got one more segment of Advanced Medicine to go with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Remember, easy access to archives. Hundreds and hundreds of hours over the years we've been doing this, and it's great stuff. MedicalRewind.com. In addition, links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Let's see. What shall we cover? Celebrities encouraging women to lop off their boobies or science backed reasons to eat dirt? Little aside on the break. You be with us afterwards. <laughs> Dr. Vitar and I will return after the break. Stay with
0: me. You're listening
1: to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show.
0: <laughs>
1: Rocking the health world
0: through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: All right, we'll, we'll skip the celebrity uh, booby removal because Dr. Batar is above that fray. And we'll do a couple of other stories to wrap up, including the scientific reason to eat a little dirt. But first, the bisphenol A story. And this is, this is shocking to hear because, you know, a lot of folks that listen to this show and listen to us, Dr. Batar, are pretty aware of endocrine disruptors from pesticides, from heavy metals, all the things that can disrupt our normal hormonal system. Bisphenol A is one of the biggest and baddest of them all because it seems to be ubiquitous now in plastifiers everywhere, but one, you know, like uh, the, the the cellophane or whatever it is that that Glad wrap stuff, those kinds of things. But even the well, this is where they don't know the receipts that you get from most modern day. Uh, computer printers like that—that spit out like uh, cash registers or even ATMs, right? The thermal, yeah, the thermal printing paper. Yes, the thermal printing paper. It's plastic coated and it's a a huge storehouse for bisphenol A exposure. You know, when I ever touch them, I try to get them from the backside and immediately fold them over onto themselves. But people don't realize, especially kids, are, are very susceptible to bisphenol A and what it can do to their endocrine system.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing because I had no idea. That that was um, a source of being exposed to this type of carcinogen, and so this falls into the the POP category, the persistent organic pollutant category. And you know, you hear about it all the time in plastics, and it's the you xenoestrogenic know, component, blah blah blah. But you know, getting it on a receipt that you get, I mean, I had, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, it's just it's a, it's become a normal part because we grew up grabbing receipts, but they were real paper and they were printed with ink. Now it's like the heat-sensitive ink, if it's even ink, but, again, it's a plastic-coated receipt paper. And so it's another source of chronic exposure that we want to do without. Maybe if you can get these receipts emailed to you or, again, uh, I I don't know what to say, but i just like to say people be aware of the things that uh, potentially are detrimental or actually detrimental to our health that we don't even think about.
0: Yeah, and it is a massive issue, um, because, as you said, most people aren't even aware that it is an issue. And one of the things, as you mentioned, Robert, I don't know whether you said this on the air or not, but I know you said it off the air, In a, for an adult, that exposure is one thing. But for a child, because of the volume that they're getting, you know, based on the ratio of their own body weight for a child or for, a, for an infant, it's exponentially greater, so it's going to do far greater harm for, for a child. And that's one of the things, that just that having that awareness. Um, Like you said, you could get them emailed, receipts emailed to you, or just I routinely have said I don't want a receipt. I didn't know that it contained this. I just didn't want the damn ink coming on my hand or leaving a residue on my hand, which it often does. So I I guess. uh,
1: I think you had a sense about it, internal intuitive sense exactly about it, even if it wasn't a conscious thing, because, you know, you've led your life in this way, and I think we're guided and protected. In this way, even if we're not aware of everything, a lot of times we are protected. There's a buffer. There's a little bit of grace involved, perhaps, uh, but there might be a little bit of dirt involved. Super Don likes to say, "Just rub some dirt in it and and get on get on up and carry on." <laughs> walk it off. Come on, walk it off. Get to rub some dirt in it. So there's a, a blog here 4 science-backed reasons to eat dirt. Eat dirt. Now, have you ever picked a carrot off of the uh, out of the dirt and just kind of brushed it off and bit into it and there was some dirt on it? I've done that. Looks like those soil-based organisms might do you some good in an organic garden.
0: Yep, absolutely. I've, I've actually done the same thing in the military. We used to, you know, that was one of the things Just if it's got a little bit of dirt on it, it wasn't a big deal. Um, and it's, they're actually in the article not saying to actually eat a handful of soil, but they're talking <laughs> about the daily exposure to the soil-based organisms. The SBOs can do wonders right. for the health, and it makes total sense. It's all about the terrain, like you've talked about millions of times.
1: Exactly. It's not like you want to dive into a heavy metal-infested soil and eat the dirt. That's not what we're talking about. But organic farmers know this. Biodynamic farmers know this. There's teeming with life forms that are beneficial, not detrimental, not pathogenic, because the soil is healthy. The same thing with the soil in your gut. All of that is related. It's as above, so below, as within, as without. Vitamin production impacted, skin issues, rheumatoid arthritis, allergies, Benefited So there's some good stuff there. And, again, common sense is what we're guided by, but common sense is quite uncommon in our medical world.
0: Yeah, common sense is highly, uh, highly desirable and rarely found in our <laughs> common
1: world. Exactly we find a lot more pathogens floating around out there in the guise of licensed doctors and of course we've got to undo that and detoxify from that damage well listen we' we're, we're out of time Dr. Batar. how'd we get here so fast
0: I don't know I don't know how we do that. I think you get give me a shorter shorter hour I think you don't like <laughs> me as much as so we shorten that hour
1: no we don't pump it up Patrick I can't hear it, but I know we're about out of time folks this is the place for health freedom and healing liberty why because the power to heal is yours.